You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today, I want to cover the NBA playoffs for Monday night. There were a couple of games, a game two and a game one, a game two out east, a game one on in the Western Conference. So I want to talk about those games, what went down. Um, and then I want to get into uh, another fake trade kind of situation. And and this, I mean, at this point in the offseason, we're looking ahead to what the Timberwolves can do to improve the team. And and there's, there's three avenues, right? Draft, trade, free agency, and obviously developing you know, in-house talent. Those are, those are the ways the team can improve. And there's a over 70% chance this team does not have a draft pick in the, in this year's draft. There is a really good chance that they're not going to have a bit. They're basically not going to have any cap space at all. So trades are really the only way to improve the team and there's limited trade chips. So I want to get into that conversation, how they could improve the team. And there's one particular player, an all-star who I think would be a, a perfect fit for the Timberwolves. Um, and actually, I'll just, you know, let's just say who it is. Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. I've talked about him on the show before as a potentially a, a perfect fit with the Wolves. I want to get into that potential fit. There's a Bleacher Report article written, one of these that has, you know, a dozen or so fake trades, uh, trades to improve lottery teams type of a thing. And so there's no source rumor behind this, but the idea of Siakam to the Timberwolves came up in that article. I don't think the Raptors would do a trade with the Wolves, at least as constructed in this article. So I want to explore why that's the case, how Siakam would fit with the Timberwolves if they were to acquire him and what the Wolves should be willing to give up in order to acquire a player like Siakam. To be clear, there isn't a rumor about Siakam to the Timberwolves. I don't think it will happen, but I do think we're allowed to dream about what that could look like. Um, so I want to I want to talk about that today on the show as well. So that'll all be uh, here upcoming. A quick reminder, as always, off the top, you can follow Lockdown Wolves anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple and Google, as well as Spotify and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and my Twitter account at, at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, let's open by talking about the playoffs. Uh, today, the road to the finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, so there were two games in the NBA on Monday evening. The first was Milwaukee and Brooklyn game two. Of course, no James Harden after he left game one, just uh, 45 seconds or so into the game with the hamstring injury. The Nets went on to win relatively easily. And Lo and behold, without James Harden, they destroyed the Bucks again in Brooklyn by, uh, they ended up winning by 39 to go up 2-0 with the series going back to Milwaukee. No, no sense yet for whether or not Harden will play in game three. I think conventional wisdom would say, why push it? You're up 2-0 and uh, you're kind of playing with house money at this point. I mean, I guess you held serve in, in terms of winning two home games, but I think you rest Harden for game three and just kind of see how things shake out. Uh, Milwaukee really didn't stand a chance in this one. Brooklyn was up 17 at the end of the first quarter. They were up 27 at halftime. 
Giannis only had 18 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, turned the ball over three times, was two of seven at the free throw line as his struggles there continue. The entire Bucks team was four for nine. Only one player besides Giannis got to the free throw line, and that was actually his brother. So only Antetokounmpo's shot free throws for the Bucks in this game, four for nine at the line, 86 total points scored. Kevin Durant was fantastic for Brooklyn, 32 points, six assists, four rebounds, four made threes, 12 of 18 shooting. And uh, Brooklyn actually only shot seven free throws as well. So this this entire game had only 16 free throw attempts between the two teams. Um, also for Brooklyn, Kyrie had 22, six and five. And uh, that was, I mean, they didn't really need anything else. Um, Brooklyn didn't. They, they won this thing going away. They won every single quarter of this game, just kept extending their lead and ultimately won by 39. I, I said on the show, on Monday that the Brooklyn Nets would win the series in six, but I was nervous about if Milwaukee dropped game two, that they, they wouldn't manage to win two of the next four games. And that's where we're at now. So I'm going to stick with the prediction because I I think very, Milwaukee's not going to get swept. They're going to win at least one game once they go back home, but getting to six games could be really difficult. So I'll, I'll stick with it, but Milwaukee in six looks tenuous at best at this point. The other game was Denver Phoenix game one out West. And this thing was really close. Denver was actually up one at halftime. They were up a couple of possessions early in the third quarter. And then an extended uh, 16-0 run, I think, or 18-3 run. It ended up being uh, for Phoenix that spanned kind of the end of the third into the fourth quarter. And they took control of this game midway to late uh, late third quarter um, and and then kind of ran away and hid in the fourth. Uh, it wasn't a complete and utter blowout. The final score is 17 points. But again, this was a, a single possession game into the third quarter with Denver mostly leading at that point. And then all of a sudden, the Suns just kind of opened things up. Um, Devin Booker only made one three in this game. He had 21 points, eight assists. He was good. He wasn't great. Miles Bridges was fantastic. Or excuse me, Mikel Bridges was fantastic in this game. 23 points, five rebounds, five assists, couple of steals, eight of 12 shooting, four of eight outside the arc. Jay Crowder was very good as well. DeAndre Ayton had a double-double. And this side of Nikola Jokic, it's kind of what we were afraid of for the Nuggets. He only had 22 points on 23 shots. So an inefficient night for the Joker. And... I mean, nobody else, well, I guess he was the leading scorer with only 22. There were five other players, excuse me, four other players in double figures. Jermichael Green had a double-double off the bench. Um, and I think he's going to have to have a big series if Denver's going to win the series. Um, Aaron Gordon was second leading scorer for the team with 18 points. But, I mean, this was a competitive game. It was just the Suns went on a run when it really mattered. And they were able to to put it away um, at home. So they're up one nothing with another game at Phoenix upcoming here. This was another series. I picked Denver in six, or excuse me, Denver in seven in this series. And obviously that's, uh, you know, we're one game in. So, but still, you know, it would have been nice to see Denver steal game one in a game where they were in solid position in the third quarter, but just weren't able to uh, to hold serve as the Suns went on their run. Um, so that series is now 1-0 Phoenix. And coming up on uh, on Tuesday night, we've got Atlanta and Philadelphia. Of course, the Hawks won game one. That's the early game of the doubleheader on TNT. And then Clippers, Utah, game one of that series. Of course, the Clippers just beat the Mavs in game seven on Sunday. So after only one day of rest, game one of the next round will tip off at nine o'clock central on TNT on Tuesday night. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Both at this point, they're all fun, but a couple of really uh, exciting matchups for Tuesday night. So we'll talk all about those on Wednesday. All right. Uh, next, I want to get into the the 
the methods that the Timberwolves could improve the roster that are relatively limited. And then I want to talk specifically about Pascal Siakam and what that match could look like if the Wolves were able to pull off a deal for Siakam. First, though, let's talk about our friends at Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open up your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Only for June 8th to June 30th, when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVD Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Let's also talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. They're the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the different avenues the Timberwolves can improve this team. And then I want to get into Siakam and the possibility of him uh, being a match for the Timberwolves. And and if there's any way the Wolves could pull a trade like that off. So first of all, the Wolves have a greater than 70% chance that they will not have a single draft pick in this year's draft. Of course, their their pick is top three lottery protected. They have the sixth worst record in the league. So there's only about, uh, I think it's uh, 27.6% chance, to, to be precise, that the Timberwolves get to keep their pick in this year's draft. That means there's a 72.4% chance that the pick conveys to the Golden State Warriors as the final piece of the D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins trade from last February, along with the second round pick that was already sent off. Golden State has since traded it, but the Wolves traded their second rounder as well. So at the moment, there's a a 72 plus percent chance that they do not have a single pick in this year's draft, assuming they aren't able to trade back in. I feel like that's going to be pretty difficult in a loaded draft class. Teams aren't going to be necessarily looking to just kind of give away picks at any point in this draft. Um, so draft is, is a very much a maybe for the Timberwolves. Free agency is pretty much a no-go 
There's not going to be any cap space. Ed Davis is the only unrestricted free agent on the Timberwolves roster, which is insane. His contract's a little over $5 million. There's a couple unrestricted free agents with modest contracts in Jordan McLaughlin, who's a two-way player. Jared Vanderbilt's also a restricted free agent. Um, so the Timberwolves just don't have any cap space to play with. They should, they will have the mid-level exception, and we'll get more into that as we get closer to free agency, exactly what they can spend and who might be out there that would fit. But we're mostly talking about veterans minimum guys uh, and then guys who would take the exception. So uh, we're not looking at starting caliber players. We're not looking at certainly not stars or superstars. We're looking at rotation players at best, maybe veterans. Uh, Wolves will be looking for a veteran to add uh, to the locker room, especially if Ed Davis moves on. But there's not really that veteran wing presence, right? Malik Beasley is the closest thing. And obviously he's had some off the court issues and and there's some question marks there in terms of, uh, you know, is he ready to be a leader? Um, but otherwise you're looking at young players. Josh Okogie's still on his rookie contract. Believe it or not, he's only been in the league for three years. It seems like way longer than that. Jarrett Culver has struggled. He's only two years in. Uh, they're just, a- Anthony Edwards, obviously very young. Jalen Noel played two seasons now. There isn't a veteran presence on the wing, and the Wolves would love to add somebody there, but we're not talking about big names. Um, the, the the avenues are very small. And when we look at trades, I mean, what contracts on the Timberwolves are tradable? They're not going to trade Carl Anthony Towns. We talked about that on Monday. It's just not happening. Uh, it's more likely than not that teams would not be interested in trading for D'Angelo Russell. It's, it's based on the last two seasons, at least. He's overpaid with the max contract. And the synergy between Russell and Towns, the fact the Wolves haven't seen them play together, unless the Wolves were to get an incredible offer for D'Angelo Russell, it's really unlikely he's traded. And, and actually, I want to get to that related to Siakam here in a minute. But uh, I just don't see D'Angelo Russell as, as likely to be moved this year. And look at the other end, right? Uh, they're not going to trade Anthony Edwards. Uh, Nas Reed is too good of a value on the roster to trade him in terms of his contract. He's a bargain. Same with Jalen Noel. There's upside there. Jaden McDaniels isn't going to be traded. He would probably command the most value of anybody this side of Edwards and Towns on the roster because of what he showed as a rookie, the fact that he's got three more years of team control on that rookie deal, his already above average defensive profile with with really sky high offensive potential. The Wolves aren't very likely to trade him at all. So the players in the middle of the roster are the ones most likely to get moved. Ricky Rubio's got $17 million expiring after this year. Juancho Hernan Gomez is, is owed $7 million this year, and then there's a team option following that. So he's effectively an expiring contract already, believe it or not. Um, Jarek Culver has some trade value, but he's also fairly expensive. He's kind of in that sweet spot where his contract is big enough to help match salaries, but still manageable in terms of a trade. The problem is that, well, he theoretically still has upside. He didn't show much this year. Josh Akogi only has one year left on his deal, so he is an expiring contract, although the team that acquires him would get his bird rights. And there could be some appeal to offering him an extension. He is a plus defender for all his struggles offensively. He still showed some great flashes later in the season once Chris Finch figured out how to use him on offense. My take on the Wolves roster, and this is obviously a real quick snapshot, I think it's unlikely Akogi's traded. I think Finch likes, Finch knows they need some defenders on the wing. Akogi is the only pure wing that's a plus defender that's playable. Jarrett Culver at this stage is not playable. I think it's far more likely Culver is traded than Josh Okogie. I think a team will be willing to give up an asset because of the upside, the athleticism, the size of Jarrett Culver. Okogie, to me, it makes more sense to keep him on the roster, play him offensively as Chris Finch was doing at the elbows, in the dunker spot, treat him as a power forward on offense. 
I think that Finch will find the value in Akogi and knows he needs a wing defender. So I don't think Akogi goes anywhere. I think Culver very well might. There really aren't any other obvious trade chips for the Timberwolves. They're not, again, not quickly, not trading Towns, not trading Russell, not trading McDaniels. Rubio probably at this stage isn't getting moved. I think it's more likely he starts the season on the team. And then depending on how the year goes, he could be a trade chip at the deadline for a contender looking for a backup point guard, for a a defensive minded guard, somebody who can be a leader in the locker room. The influence Rubio has had on Edwards has been too great for the Wolves to just simply cut bait now. Unless there's a big deal. There's there's obviously there's always this caveat, right? If if there's something major that comes together, the Wolves can can find their way into the middle of it, then yeah, I mean Rubio's on the table. You know, everybody would be except for Edwards and Towns. But I, I just think there aren't very many of those tradable contracts that are also tied to players with upside on the Wolves roster. There just aren't. It's either one or the other. It's bargains like Noel and Reed that aren't being moved, or uh Noel Reed. Uh, McDaniels, players with extreme upside like McDaniels that aren't going to be moved or Edwards, or it's players who are overpaid like Russell. Uh, Hernan Gomez, I think, falls into that category right now. And Ricky Rubio. I mean, I think if he was making 10, 11, 12 million instead of 17 million, there'd be a greater chance he's traded this offseason. It just seems unlikely. The one player I didn't mention is Malik Beasley. I think he carries positive trade value. A year ago, we might have said, ah, he's a little overpaid is what he did in 14 games in Minnesota post-trade in 2020, really Malik Beasley. Now, we saw for the first part of this last season, the, the 2021 season, yes, that does appear to be who Malik Beasley is. He's a high-volume, dangerous transition scorer who can shoot 40-plus percent from three. He's a good cutter. He can even handle the ball a little bit. He improved defensively. He's a committed team player. The question mark come with, the off-court issues. He's he's currently serving his sentence for his legal issues last fall. And some of those things that go along with that, and also defensively is, is still a question mark, but he's probably worth the 15 million plus a year that he's getting paid right now. So there is a possibility he's traded. I think it's more likely he's moved certainly than the likes of Edwards or McDaniels. I think it's more likely he's moved, honestly, than Nas Reed or Jalen Noel. I just don't, the Wolves, the Wolves have done such a good job. Gerson Rosas has done a good job with uncovering this cheap talent with high upside and second round pick in Noel, undrafted free agent, and Nas Reed. To a lesser extent, Jordan McLaughlin is an undrafted free agent. Those are the things that Rosas has has really hit home, home runs on, and I don't think he's going to trade them because they're better than what they're being paid. The value is there. I do think Malik Beasley, well, his, he's being paid what's probably about right, if a team comes calling and says, hey, we need a guy who can shoot 40% from three and drop 16, 17, 18 points a game for us, the Timberwolves will listen to acquire, maybe to get back into this year's draft, maybe to get a defensive-minded wing who can do some stuff offensively. I think the Wolves would listen to those those calls. But I also think that they re-signed Malik Beasley because they really like him. And I think they're going to give him another crack on the team this year. But all that to say, th- the point of this is, there aren't that many tradable assets on the Wolves roster. There aren't that many contracts in the sweet spot that both have talent and a tradable contract that the Wolves would be willing to trade. There just isn't much there. So next what I want to do is I want to talk about Pascal Siakam and the possibility of, or the idea of, uh, it's always possible, but the, the idea of him being traded to the Timberwolves, could it work? What this Bleacher Report article says about who the Wolves may offer in any potential Siakam trade, and would uh, Toronto do it? 
So uh, first, so let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, it is officially fake trade season. And right now, of course, trades can't actually be consummated, but we're getting closer when the NBA finals are over. Trades can happen again. We're getting close to the draft lottery here in a few weeks. So anytime there's a, a fake proposed trade around the internet, so I think it's important we talk about it here at Locked on Wolves. And uh, this is an article at Bleacher Report written by Greg Swartz, who does a lot of these types of pieces. And this article is entitled NBA Trade Ideas to Save Lottery Teams from Another Playoff Whiff. This is from a few days ago. I think it's from Friday, maybe even Thursday of last week. And the Wolves are actually mentioned in two. I'm not going to focus on one hardly at all, but I will mention it because it mentions the Timberwolves and, and we're here. So we might as well talk about it. But it's it's the trade for the Houston Rockets and the idea is trading the Wolves trading towns to the Rockets in exchange for Christian Wood, DJ Augustine, and three first round picks uh, to this year via the Blazers and Bucks, and then one next year, which would be Houston's pick and probably the headliner pick. Um, I mean, Swartz even says in the article, Towns probably isn't going anywhere unless he forces his way out. So it's it's not a thing. It's not happening. Um, and and that would be a terrible return. The Wolves would not take Christian Wood and three first-round picks for Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that just doesn't make any, especially two, two bad first-round picks, even in a deep draft. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, anyway, the, the trade listed for the Timberwolves here is more palatable. The suggested trade would be the Wolves receiving Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors in exchange for D'Angelo Russell, Jarrett Culver, and Jaden McDaniels. Now, my first reaction when I read this trade was no, there's no way. Then I thought about it a little bit more and I, I you know, I looked at Siakam's contract and, and I realized, you know, this actually would make a ton of sense for the Timberwolves, but there's no way the Toronto Raptors would do this. Let's start with why it makes sense for the Wolves. Siakam and Russell both have three years left on their contracts. Siakam fits the Wolves roster much better than D'Angelo Russell. He just does. He fits with Anthony Edwards, right? If this was a year ago, pre-Anthony Edwards, I would say, of course, D'Lo makes a ton of sense. Great fit with the Wolves. And he still is a great fit with the Wolves. But with D'Lo, Beasley, Edwards, and Towns, four high-usage guys, who all want the ball in their hands. They all want to score. They, at least in the case of Towns and Russell, are above average playmakers for their position, but they both would just as soon be scoring the basketball, and they're both phenomenal shooters. So breaking that quartet up, which has barely played together at all, honestly, you know, it's not the worst idea just because there's it's the old, you know, there's only one ball to go around thing, but it's not just that. It's the way that their games mesh. And there's also not a plus defender among them. Towns is adequate defensively at this point in his career. Edwards is has was awful defensively as a rookie. D'Angelo Russell has always been awful, though he showed some signs of life. Same with Malik Beasley. But you're talking about before this last season, if this last season never happened, you would say none of those four are good defenders. And even now, you would say they're all average at absolute best case scenario. 
And if you trade out D'Angelo Russell, bring in Pascal Siakam, your defense improves probably exponentially. Um, Siakam's one of the best defensive players in the league, certainly one of the best defensive fours in the league and has been for three, four years now. And D'Angelo Russell is one of the worst defensive players in the league. What hurts here, and throwing in Culver doesn't hurt, um, no disrespect to Jared Culver, but it, it doesn't hurt in this situation. Is He's a throw-in to make the contracts work. And also, I guess, to, to add a little bit more value for Toronto, is Jaden McDaniels. Um, would you trade D'Angelo Russell and Jaden McDaniels for Pascal Siakam? And again, my initial reaction was no. But then I realized, what's Jaden McDaniels' best case scenario? It's probably Pascal Siakam. I mean, the, the pie in the sky best case scenario for Jaden McDaniels is is maybe a little bit better than that. But I mean, Siakam's been an all-star and won a championship as as a frontline starter um, on said championship team. So, I mean, the bar is already really high. I, I would say the pie in the sky for Jaden McDaniels is maybe even a little bit better than Siakam. He does have a more pure outside shot. He's a more natural shooter and scorer than Pascal Siakam. And he's already a really good defender. But I just... What are the odds he actually turns into a better player than Pascal Siakam? I mean, they're they're not great. They're okay. I mean, clearly there's a chance this trade could come back and bite you, but it's not going to bite you because of swapping out D'Angelo Russell for Pascal Siakam. So if this trade were truly on the table, the Timberwolves would would need to do it. Now, you've got an issue at point guard. Uh, you know, they would have to find a point guard who could at least shoot threes at a league average clip if you don't think Ricky Rubio is going to bounce back. And, and I think it's fair to wonder if he will, at least from a shooting perspective. And also, Rubio is only on con- under contract for one more year, and he's 31. Um, so the Wolves would need to figure out point guard. However, Anthony Edwards is going to initiate a bunch of offense. You've still got Malik Beasley. So you've got plenty of scoring punch. Siakam can score. Obviously he scored 20 plus points per game. Um, I don't think he hit it this year. Uh, yeah, he did. It's the last two years over 20 points a game. His shooting dipped this year from right around league average to just a hair under 30%. So that's not great. Um, but he can operate as a playmaker and a ball handler in the pick and roll game and can initiate offense himself. So you've still got Edwards Siakam that can initiate offense. You've got Malik Beasley, who's a, a great catch and shoot player. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns. So you find a lower usage point guard who can knock down threes. I don't know that Jordan McLaughlin's a long-term answer as a starter in this league, but that type of a player, maybe with a little bit more size, a little bit more consistent, you know, track record of making threes to, to help space the floor for Siakam and Towns and, and Edwards. Um, I, I think you could figure it out from there. So if you're the Timberwolves, you've traded in the the 19, 20 year old version of version of Jaden McDaniels for a, a fully realized star heading into his prime version of Jaden McDaniels and Pascal Siakam. You've sent out D'Angelo Russell as your, as your payment for that and Jarrett Culver, and you just got to figure out point guard. But Anthony Edwards is your number two star Malik Beasley, uh, or, or your goal is for him to be your number two star moving forward at the moment. It's Siakam. And then Malik Beasley is your fourth wheel, but he can be the guy that's only shooting threes. You're not going to run much for him. He's going to get his in transition. He's going to get space the floor and get some threes. I, I think that I think that that works offensively for the Timberwolves and it improves the defense significantly. Yes, McDaniels is a good defender, but Siakam's got the track record of being a good defender in big spots of guarding multiple uh, positions. He is more dependable at this stage than McDaniels would be, and and frankly. It sounds crazy, but the Wolves are in their win-now window. Towns has three years left on his deal. 
D'Angelo Russell has two years left on his deal. Anthony Edwards is a year into this league. And if you're going to build with Towns on the roster, build towards becoming a playoff contender with Towns, you've got to do it now. And cashing in Jaden McDaniels is, is the price you have to be willing to pay to accelerate that window. And all that being said, I'm going to blow this whole thing up now. Toronto, there's no chance they do this. I don't know why they would do it. Um, according to Swartz in the article, he says that they would consider it because if they lose Kyle Lowry in free agency, they need another ball handler to pair with Fred Van Vliet. Great. I don't think they need D'Angelo Russell on a max contract, and I don't think they think they need D'Angelo Russell on a max contract. The Raptors wouldn't be hitting the reset button. They would just be downgrading their roster. And I mean, I guess you're resetting your front court by getting a young Jaden McDaniels, which is which is great. But now you've got three years, or I guess two years of D'Angelo Russell. And by the way, I got that wrong earlier when I said he had three years left. He's only got two years left on his deal. So I guess if you're Toronto, you're lopping off a year of committed salary because you're trading in Siakam's three years for Russell's two, and you're gaining Jaden McDaniels. So you could maybe talk yourself into it if you really feel like you're doing a soft reset here, a soft rebuild on the fly, all up. I don't know, like what similar to what Portland did a couple of years ago. I mean, that I guess you could make that argument. And but like they don't need D'Angelo Russell. I, I just don't I, I understand how he would work with Nick Nurse. I get that, that that pairing could work well. I just don't think this is something they would consider. But again, if you're the Wolves, you'd have to do it. You would absolutely have to do it. And I, I think Siakam would be an exciting fit in Minnesota. And if the Wolves had Siakam and Anthony Edwards is is second half of rookie season, Anthony Edwards and Rubio bounces back to a modest level and Beasley stays out of trouble. I mean, this would be a, a, a I don't know, low 40, mid 40, at least mid 40s win team next year. And it would be solidly a playoff team if you add Siakam to the group. I think he would improve them that much because of what he could do defensively primarily. So um, that, you know, it's not going to happen, but a Siakam type is 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 what the Wolves need to find. They need to find a veteran who can be switchable, play multiple defensive positions, knock down open threes, be effective offensively when needed. But I go back to my earlier point of D'Angelo Russell isn't a super, super tradable player at this stage. Maybe after this year, if he has a redeeming year, the Wolves make the playoffs and he's an expiring contract. Maybe then if the Wolves get the opportunity to acquire a superstar type talent and include D'Angelo Russell, that could be a possibility. But um, at this stage, a trade like this is not likely to go down. All right, that's all we have for you today here at Locked on Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast. Of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the Locked on Podcast Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. A quick reminder, you can follow the show Anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app, you can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon. That's BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. This is a daily podcast. That's a friendly reminder. I'll be back again tomorrow on Wednesday and again through Friday talking NBA playoffs. Any Timberwolves news that crops up, maybe something on the ownership front or um, you know any additional insane off-season rumors. We'll talk about all that here on the show. So be sure that you're following the show if you aren't already, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Today on the Locked on Today podcast, where do the bucks go from here? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow Locked on Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.